Hello, and welcome to AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I'm your host, John S. Today we meet Chris R., originally from Saskatchewan, Canada. Chris has been living in Japan now for over 25 years, and today he attends AA meetings at the Free Thinkers AA Group in Tokyo. This was a fun conversation. You'll find Chris is smart, thoughtful, with a great sense of humor. I think you'll enjoy this episode very much. And without further ado, Chris R. Originally, actually, I'm from Canada. Oh, really? Yes. You know, I started kind of drinking when I was uh, in high school. I had kind of a somewhat religious like upbringing because my father was a priest in the Anglican Church in Canada, and so I did some drinking in high school. Didn't get you know nothing too out of control, but of course, you know, uh, I never drank, never really drank nor- yeah. normally. And uh, then in 1985, I was an exchange student to Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. And I found so out well, uh, just before college. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a high school exchange student. And I found out, you know, because, you know, Saskatchewan, or where I was living, um, actually, the city I lived in was originally founded as a temperance colony. Oh, wow. So, and a lot of that was still, like, these days in Canada, it's pretty it's pretty wide open in terms of, of drinking, but now... Uh, at that time, it, there was still a lot of hangover from the uh, from this kind of temperance movement, and so there was you couldn't buy liquor until I got out of high school. You couldn't buy liquor on a Sunday, hmm. and um, no bars were open on Sunday, and there you know there are all kinds of restrictions. And so I came to Japan, and, and you know they don't have any of any of that. <laughs> um, liquor is everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, most people, because most Japanese people don't really have much, you know, the, the rate of, it's not that it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. but the rate of alcoholism is, is much lower in Japan. And so mm-hmm. they, they don't have many restrictions on it. In fact, the thing that really, you know, just blew me away was that they have like beer vending machines. It's <laughs> yeah. not, it's not, as, it's, it's, it's not as popular now, but that's only because there's 24 hour uh, convenience stores that sell liquor all, all hours. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really so much practical, but the first time I saw like this beer vending machine, it's just like, what? <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. So, yeah. you know, obviously I had to be in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then, you know, I came back to Japan on on, on the, the JEP program, the Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, drank quite a lot then. Um, still pretty in control. Mm-hmm. Now that I reflect on just ridiculous, it's, it's ridiculous quantities. Uh, I just... Yeah. But of course, I had no, I didn't really, you know, I think that's one of the reasons I'd have to say I like I'm an alcoholic because, you know, I didn't, I didn't really find, I didn't really ever think, well, this is like totally crazy. Right. You know, there were, there were times where, you know, things would get out of hand. Right. And then I'd think, oh, well, maybe this is, you know, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, I just never, it never occurred to me that, you know, I remember the first time I took like. They had this, they set up like a booth for responsible drinking. I was, I was at the University of British Columbia at the time studying Japanese and I took it, took this little quiz they had. It was like self-administered on a computer mm-hmm. and I was really shocked at the end of it because it said like, you have like a severe problem with alcohol. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, I, oh, it asked me my opinions about things, and, and, and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like, it's just like I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. And yeah. so I would say, actually, though, uh, in my story, I would say the first time I really had an inkling was actually not from, not so much from drinking, but from trying not to drink. Yeah. Because, because uh, when I started law school, I was, I was like, okay, well, now I did this, you know, partying or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a stage, I guess, a lot of people I was around kind of went through. And then I, um, I tried to, to stop completely mm-hmm. and I just started like going downhill yeah. mentally. I, I was having all these like anxiety attacks. I just felt really crappy. And then, but then eventually I started drinking again and mm-hmm. that, that all kind of went away. Yeah. <laughs> and, but because I was in school, that kind of disciplined me. I didn't drink every, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just, you know, go on binges every now and again. Mm-hmm. Then after law school, I got the Mambusho scholarship to study in Japan. I went to the Hokkaido University. Then things really kind of, you know, started to really get out of control yeah. <laughs> because I didn't really have to apply myself because compared to being in law school, their graduate school, the graduate school was kind of a joke. Okay. You know, uh, most of the stuff, like I would take courses where the materials were in English, Mm -hmm. but because everybody's Japanese and so they got to translate everything, it's like, instead of reading hundreds and hundreds of pages, it's like 20 pages mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. You know, I would read it in a couple of hours and that would be all the work for the semester, you know, oh, and wow. the, the, for the, for the seminar. Yeah. And then, then you just got to show up and you uh-huh. don't even have to, and you don't even have to be awake really. <laughs> I, I, I slept through a lot of them, but um, yeah, anyway, and then I graduated from, but still, I guess because, you know, uh, it, I guess because it still had built up to the point where it's like really a problem. And then it kind of, I kind of really reached a kind of a new point where I would, when I was in, uh, in after two, 2001 after 9-11 in October. I, I just remember because this, this is how like my mind was working at the time because I like somebody drove like drove me tried I, I went out drinking and then I got a cab with somebody and I got dropped off at the right place, but then I just got, I was blacked out. And mm-hmm. so the next thing I know, I was like in jail. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, which was kind of like, wow, because that never happened to me before. So like that was, it was very shocking. Yeah. But then what I thought was, oh, well, you know, this is because um, your reaction to 9-11, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're very sensitive. Not that, not that I had any real connection to 9-11 particularly right. like i didn't even know a person who knew a person kind yeah. of level like yeah <laughs> it was just like you know that was just my rationalization of it and so i, sure. I continued and then after a while you think oh well you know it's kind of a funny story or whatever yeah <laughs> but then that became more common and then i remember like in the year that i quit drinking too which was 2005 um I uh, on St. Patrick's Day, I ended up in, in the in in the, the the drunk tank or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a relief because in Japan you're an individual cell. Okay, and so I was I was just lying there. I got up. I go, oh, okay, this is the this is jail. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, mm, good, you know, because they got all my stuff. I don't, you know, at the desk, uh, uh-huh. so I don't need to worry about anything. And I just went back to sleep. And then finally they woke me up. But so I, 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 
What's it yeah. culturally in Japan and legally? How seriously do they take like um, offenses, uh, drinking offenses? Not, there? not seriously. Okay, all right. Not like in the U.S. or Canada. No, no. I mean, it, I'm, I kind of wonder, like, because like in Canada, yeah, you got to stand before the man mm-hmm. <laughs> when you, you know, yeah. they charge, they charge you for you know public disorderly conduct or public drunkenness or whatever. Mm-hmm. In Japan, each time it was just like I would get a warning. Okay. Uh, they would say, like, don't come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would yeah. <laughs> at least they – don't, they don't generally like well, – I mean, that's just the trend of their criminal system. They don't mm-hmm. really like – as much as possible, they don't prosecute crimes. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, the one thing I knew, though, is one thing they like to do is get you fired. And so I oh. never had any – I never carried any name cards with me. And if they asked me if I had a job, I would say I'm unemployed. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They Well, that's because that works much more than just a fine or whatever. Yeah. Because they tell, they tell your employer and then you're, you know, you got to straighten up. Okay. Right? It's a kind of a more of a sh- shame society, uh-huh. particularly if they fire you from your job. Oh, and yeah. Then, Which is what happened then, to me. Then, they got, then you're supposed to, yeah, then you're supposed to like straighten up. Well, actually, though, that's funny because like I'm a, I'm a lawyer. And so I was working for this law office as an editor. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, they picked me up like I had this argument with a taxi driver. Kind of a Bill W. thing. Right. It sounds right, right out of the big book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then, so they, they took me to the police station. And I said, like, I was just really wasted. And I said, like, D- you guys don't know who I am. Oh, <laughs> and I gave them my card. And I said, <laughs> oh, like, no. you should call these guys. They're lawyers. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you, they'll set you straight. <laughs> and then, uh, when three lawyers show up, you know, you get let out real quick. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, then I kind of realized, oh, wait a minute. But these are the guys I, like, work for. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, kind of realized that. But I, I managed to get out of that. They're very lenient in mm-hmm. Japan, kind of things. As I said, because it's not – I I think the main reason is uh, it's, it's a genetic thing because most – about half of Japanese have what's called, like, oriental flush. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Heard of that? I've heard of that. Yes. Right. So they can't properly uh, metabolize alcohol. Right. Or, and so they it makes them very sick. Okay. So most people could never become really. It would be a, some people even with that do have developed problems with alcohol. Sure. And in their case, it's like really bad for them because they're you know the enzyme doesn't properly digest alcohol. But um, yeah, but most people couldn't do it. Yeah. And. Uh, it's kind of surprising because <laughs> they, they, they don't allow any other competing drugs, but it, it, it's very obvious from the way they use alcohol that they 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 understand it to be to be a drug. They're not right. like the Italian. They're not like you know have a few aperitifs or whatever. Usually, if they drink, they do it to get intoxicated. Okay, and therefore it's really against. It's very bad, considered to be really awful to be seen drinking during the day. Okay, you can't go get off from work and have a few beers. You'll get fired. You can, or get you can't go at lunch and like down a few beers or have a few pints or whatever. Mm-hmm. You would get uh, fired for that. Okay, actually, yeah, and they 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 fired a teacher for that recently. So. Yeah, so anyway, they they have quite a different, but at the same time, it's ubiquitous. You know, like you'll never have any problems getting booze yeah. in, in Japan. Well, that's so, interesting. I never, I guess, yeah. I never really thought of it as a drinking society. Although I, I guess, I would think of them as drinking, um, like at dinners and stuff, sake and and um, 
I guess I thought of them as like working all the time and drinking after work. Is that what I was my impression? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 it. But when they drink, they 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 drink to get drunk. Okay. So the, it's it's kind of more like I guess like Scandinavians that way. They okay. they don't think about, they don't think about drinking as like the they're not like the French. They're not like Italians. Gotcha. They don't you know. <laughs> right. There's there's not much. I mean, it, it's kind of changing because of course now Japan's like really rapidly aging. Mm-hmm. But generally, their idea of for most people, drinking equals getting intoxicated gotcha. to various degrees. Okay. Although, subsequently, what I found interesting, you know, like most people, when you quit drinking, and then you find out, like, so many people don't drink. Like, most people drink so little. Uh, and in Japan, it, it's a little tricky because, to an extent, it's kind of considered rude if you refuse drinking mm-hmm. from people. I think that's kind of changing now. So people, you know, do little tricks like, you know, they'll take a sip or something mm-hmm. or, or pretend to even pretend to take a sip. Mm-hmm. Like if you're at a party, you can't have like an empty glass because that's an invitation for somebody to fill your glass. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been kind of lucky, as I said, with my timing because uh, I, I, I finally, uh, you know, after uh, – being arrested and being and being handcuffed and having my legs taped together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I came to the conclusion that uh you know the jumping off point, you know, right. kind of like mm, but I didn't quit drinking immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh I just kind of wavered in this area and then finally I had another kind of blackout and I thought, well this is bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) and that's when I started going to AA in Japan, English speaking AA. Okay. Yeah. And is that pretty prevalent? Is it easy to find a meeting? In Tokyo, yes. Yeah. In yeah, they they're on the internet, and so um, subsequently, the number of people has greatly decreased. But that's basically because there's there's not as many kind of expat people anymore because the Mm -hmm. like two things because like one the Lehman after the the economy collapsed in 2008 so right. a lot of financial people left and then more people left again after the earthquake in 2011 oh, okay. okay so you know compared to back then a lot of a lot of people the number of people going to meetings has dropped and then also <laughs> yeah our our fellowship is also very split now mm-hmm. because at the time when i started there wasn't a lot of there was a few people doing the back to basics the okay. big book or whatever you want to call it and then subsequently, we had a person from the Pacific Group. Oh, really? Come in, yeah. At for English <laughs> English speaking um, AA. English speaking. Okay. English speaking AA, but they're very involved in Japanese AA too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Uh, Japanese AA is kind of curious because uh, so they have a competing kind of uh, uh, Japan-based sobriety group called Dan Shukai and. You hear a lot of different things. I mean, there's not good statistics on it. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I hear that this Dan Shukai is much larger than AA, and okay. sometimes I like they're smaller than AA. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really uh, gone in, in to investigate it myself. But I would say basically AA in Japan doesn't really stand a ch- much of a chance of really expanding because it's it's dominated by Christians okay. in a society which is not Christian at all. Right. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. The Japanese really don't, they don't, 
Well, all the meetings are in churches. So, right. I mean, but it's funny because one time this Pacific group person, she was complaining. She goes, oh, they, everybody, all the Japanese people think you need to be a Christian mm-hmm. to go. And I told them, no, no, that's not the case. It's like maybe you would try to learn something from that. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. If, if that's what they're thinking, there might be a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, it, but they're very, you know, it's just like, well, you know, it's the same thing in like typical like mainstream AA where they're like, Oh, no, we're not religious, not religious. Now let's pray. Yeah, yeah. Hold, <laughs> hold my hand as we say the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, uh, well, we're not – well, that's the one thing that that even the P, uh, the Pacific group people haven't been able to bring in is the Lord's Prayer. Okay. We, all say, we only use the Serenity Prayer or sometimes some of the other big book prayers, but nobody uses – the um, nobody uses the uh, 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 the Lord's prayer, right? Okay, yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just so obviously a Christian prayer. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> that really surprised me when I heard about that debate in the United States. I was just like, "Are, are you serious?" Oh man, yeah. I mean, ninety nine. Uh, I'm in Missouri, and so ninety nine percent, I would say, of the meetings um, here close with the Lord's prayer. I'm in Kansas City, which is a you know metropolitan area. They all say the Lord's prayer here. Are you? It's it is. <laughs> it's just like well that might be an interesting debate like 50 years ago but come on this I is know. 2000 i know it's crazy it's crazy and i you know it's kind of funny i don't even bring it up although i think i'm gonna start i'm gonna start being a little bit more vocal about it i, I don't first of all i don't go to the regular meetings anymore but i think i'm gonna right. i might bring it up at our area assembly or something that hey can we stop saying this prayer <laughs> Well, it's totally – I mean, if you can't see that that's completely opposite of the message that you're trying to say, that you're, like, not religious and you're yeah. not any specific religion, you're not – you're trying to say you're not part of any sect but right. or denomination, but come on. They recite something right out of the New Testament. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's like there's – you know, and then what's the great story in the in the big book? Well, say it in Jewish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, they have the Jewish guy gives uh, has a mm-hmm. story, and he said, like, I don't like to say the Lord's Prayer, and there's just, it's just basically, it's kind of dismissed as, well, you're just, you, you know, he kind yeah. of laughs at himself for being uptight. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? So you're <laughs> saying there, there was a split in the fellowship in, then in Japan because of the Back to Basics people? Um, yeah, I would say now we're kind of split into kind of three three groups okay we have uh back to basic and pg the pg people even have their own meeting and then we have you know the milk toast kind of mainstream aa Mm -hmm. that probably you know well it wouldn't be like mainstream from from where you are right right (laughs) but i mean like if you were in new york or if you were in los angeles or someplace you know or uh, um <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it would be mainstream. So they mm-hmm. they have the serenity prayer. It, it, people tend not to talk about the spirituality so much, okay. but still it comes up. Sure, you know they're they're very in, insistent on it. And then we have a a free thinker meeting. Mm-hmm. We're kind of a, min- a definite <laughs> a definite minority. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, when did yeah. you start the free thinkers meeting? Well, I I didn't start it, but I started going to it. Mm-hmm. It, it it started off very small. It was just like me and this other woman, mm-hmm. and uh, so I think that was in two thousand and 
10. And then because, as I said, the fellowship split. And so one of the mainstream meetings at a Catholic uh, Catholic expat church was going to fold, and that this is like that was in 2012. Mm-hmm. And then we said, "Well, we'll take it. We'll take over." There's basically one person left. They said, "Fine, go ahead." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's when we kind of came into our own. So we've really, I think, we've been, existed as a meeting since 2010, mm-hmm. 2010. Mm-hmm. But we've really come into our own as a meeting since 2012. So, what kind of meeting format do you use there? Um. Well, it's kind of, I don't know where they go, because I wasn't involved in starting the meeting, so mm-hmm. I don't know where they got it from, but we, one thing, it's kind of evolved over time. Like, one thing was, at first we s- said, this is a secular meeting, there will be no prayers. Oh, okay. But that, we've, we've revised that subsequently. Okay. Now we say, this is a secular meeting, there will be no group prayers. Oh, okay. That's kind of good. Because I thought that was kind of overbearing because, well, I mean, you could pray in your mind. Sure. Not, yeah, you can't prevent someone. Police. You could commune with your, <laughs> commune with your higher power all you, you want. Right. Just that we're not going to join you, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the whole Christian thing. I mean, they tell you to, you know, Jesus said, you know, go don't, pray quietly don't, in your closet. Go pray in a closet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why they always need to... <laughs> You know, we 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 started our meeting that way. We we were kind of afraid when we started our meeting that we didn't want it. We didn't want people to start coming there and expect to pray or or, or make us start praying. <laughs> so we were really clear. We did the agnostic preamble to let people know, and I think we even added in there: we do not pray, it's just simply because we were afraid that people were going to turn us into you know try to change our meeting. But that never did happen. Yeah. Well, actually, no. In the early days, we had to struggle to control our own meeting. Really? Because people would come in, they go, no, this is not how AA is done. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I was afraid was going to happen here. Unfortunately, it didn't. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, because I guess the other people are, are focused, because I've heard people come in and t- they take over meetings, you know. Yeah. But no one's tried to take over, no one's tried to take over our meeting. And I think I, there's kind of um, the nature of it kind of changed um, maybe around... 2014 about then we actually the bulk of the people going there were Mm non-believers so and we've never been able to get like we it's uh ostensibly a bilingual meeting Mm -hmm. but we've never been able to get japanese people to come consistently okay uh they 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 show up and they come for a bit Mm -hmm. and we had people come you know on and off but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the thing with the Japanese people is uh, because they're used to the idea of religion as just a cultural thing. Okay. And so they don't really care one way or the other. Okay. Uh, and it's probably very frustrating to the true, <laughs> to the true believers because um, Japanese people are often willing to give lip service to something be- for basically to fit in. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, then they go like, well, actually, we don't believe in it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very frustrating for the Christian missionaries here. It's like <laughs> the people are basically, it's kind of rude to say no, right? right. So they say, I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my yeah, savior. Just but, to be polite. 
Just Basically. yeah, I'm yeah. Not, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So sure. like, and then eventually, <laughs> but then eventually they have to kind of say, "Look, actually, I I, I, I don't, don't believe, really believe that. I don't really believe, and I just like your choir, you know? right? right. <laughs> so they don't have I'm a practice my English. So <laughs> they don't really feel like the need for the for a secular meeting. Then, so are they just as comfortable at a regular AA meeting as they would be at I, a? I, I don't, I don't know because as I said, I mean, it, it's, it's just been all the energy we could take just to keep ourselves together. Okay. And much less try to change, uh, Japanese AA. Uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, as I said, it, it, it tends to be dominated by Christians, but mostly I think there's kind of a split now because they've started to have back to basic meetings in Japanese and because a lot of, of, of Pacific group people were pushed were were brought into the Pacific group in Los Angeles yeah. a lot of Japanese people who were there and they're trying to bring that over to Japan now wow but primarily for the most part they don't really use like literature okay at Japanese. I've only been to about a few Japanese meetings uh, my first sponsor was a a, a big book thumper mm-hmm. uh, he started like a big book kind of based Japanese meeting but it was still it's it's still it's still it was still kind of you know soft yeah. compared to, compared to uh, other ones yeah for the first for the first in my first year of of recovery I decided to become like you know a believer oh, okay um, well basically. <laughs> Uh, I was in a very unstable mental state uh-huh. and uh, particularly in, you know, in the first weeks Sure. and I had all these things that I kind of thought were religious experiences in reflection. No, sure. I, don't think, I don't think that anymore, <laughs> but, uh, and also I just really wanted to fit in and, and yeah. basically being either soft or, or, uh, you know, being an atheist, you don't fit in, right? Right. You, you can't, right. you can't fit in normal group. You know, no, I was the same I mean, way, actually. I, I wasn't religious at all, but when I got to AA, I, it didn't take me long to start praying and talking about God. Well, it's easy to do. It's also easy to do because yeah. it, it, cause it, I think it allows people – the one thing that, that's always attracted me, you know, because uh, I also went to – was in Toronto in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's when I really became <laughs> hardcore because I went to the – I went to uh, the Beyond Belief meetings mm-hmm. in in Toronto, okay, uh, and I, and I met Roger C. Okay. and Joe. Oh, cool! So yeah, so that was yeah because before that, I mean, it, it, we didn't really have. I think that when I came back, and they, I think we had uh, we had a lot better direction because mm-hmm. um, before that, we actually did spend a lot of time. <laughs> We would spend a lot of time talking about trashing religion and religious AA, right? Um, which I, I think we needed. I think we needed to do that, but that was kind of a phase we went. Isn't through. that but interesting? Now, Every single group, I think, goes through goes through that. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> because it's so overbearing. I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you have you have to get it out of your system. I mean, it's the the fun, one of the funniest things that happened was one time. So I brought these alternative steps. I printed them out. Mm-hmm. I copied them down from uh, the AA agnostic site or from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I printed them out. And then I brought them. And then we, we, we were very careful not to talk about the steps because that's how the Toronto groups all got delisted. Right. And we can't really. We can't really afford to be delisted because right. it's very hard for us to function otherwise. Okay. Uh, yeah, we kind of rely on visitors. 
Yeah. <laughs> you guys do have a website, though. You guys have your own website. Yes, we do. Uh, no, it doesn't really get a lot of traffic. Yeah, but, okay. uh, so, um, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. So this, this woman who was very enamored with the 12 and 12, and then she told us, but I, one thing I didn't like about it, because it wasn't gender neutral. So I just went into my computer and then I, made, I made a gender, gender neutral version of the 12 and 12. Oh, cool. Which is kind of funny. But then. Yeah. But then, um, so we we had these like I had these like the alternative steps that I'd printed up, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, you can't have that here." Okay, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> she goes, "That's that's not conference approved literature. Oh, yeah. I don't okay. think you're I don't think you're really allowed to keep it." And then we said, "Well, we made a group conscience to to have this, and uh-huh. so we're going to." But it's just like it was so funny because her whole thing was, "Oh, I love AA because you're free to do whatever you want," right. and then it's like you can't have that here. <laughs> Like yeah. Censorship. Oh, okay. Uh, um, you're free to do whatever you want within a certain confine. Right. And that's <laughs> so such a misunderstanding really- too. That, that doesn't in AA you can read whatever you want to. You really can. But so there's people around here that also think you you can't read non-conference approved literature. That's completely false. Well, we don't want to get in. We never. We don't want to get into the debate. Yeah. And also, we're actually. Not only are we the, the like a free thinker meeting, but we're the last topic discuss main, uh, main uh, prime time or whatever um, topic discussion. We're the last. Actually, we're the, we are the last true topic discussion meeting in Tokyo. Oh, okay. That's so we. That's another reason we don't use li- literature because okay. uh, uh, I believe personally. I believe that the topic discussion meetings are very valuable, but people give up on it because it takes energy. Yeah. You know, they just, oh, just give us the topic, you know, just, we don't care if it's taken from daily reflections, which is so super yeah, religious. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was funny. I tried to start a morning meeting using Joe C's book uh-huh. and then it just wasn't taking off. And I just thought, well, you know, it's not going to work out. And so I gave up on it after about two months. And then as soon as I gave up on it, the, <laughs> and stopped going. Uh-huh. They went daily reflections. Oh no! Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like how ironic. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, what they said is they didn't like Joe C's books because it was it demanded too much thinking. <laughs> Yeah, we we like they, we like his book, but we 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 sometimes laugh because we do have to think a lot when we read those when we read his stuff. Well, I think I think as a like a reader, it's good, but yeah, for a meeting, it doesn't it doesn't work because it doesn't compete <laughs> yeah, with yeah. what we're used to. I, I think that's the main thing is people are used to the daily reflections where they just throw out a few ideas. Right. Primarily, they're all religious. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, uh, particularly if you're in, what is it like? In, so in February, it's all second step stuff. Oh yeah, that so, used to drive me crazy. You have to sit through an entire month of the of one particular step or whatever. Yeah, that. So we're we're kind of, and it's funny because like a couple of times, like we have like atheists who've come from other places, and they're like, we love the big book, mm. and I'm just like, um, there's some good stuff in there, obviously. Yeah. Um, my take on it over time has just become well it's it's just too you can't separate it out you i don't right. think you can use it discreetly like i was surprised in toronto because they always were reading the uh what is it the the, the spirituality the thing at the, in the yeah. the mm-hmm. spiritual experience yeah and you know i just don't even i just don't even want to set up the big book as any kind of authority you right know? i just um and I've kind of even departed more radically, and this is another thing 
because we don't really want to, in our group, we kind of decided that we'd just let people pick their own kind of recovery. Right. And so we don't say do the steps. Yeah. Or like work the steps. It's, it's, it sounds like it's very horrible. No, <laughs> I agree. It no. sounds horrible. It's like it doesn't as a, as a ver like putting the word work and on the anyway. Uh, yeah. Just as a person who loves the English language, I it's actually to- very freeing <laughs> to have a meeting without without some reading from something because after a while, if you just have these readings, I mean, you, you kind of they get repetitive after a while. And um, I I went to a meeting once in New York where all they did is they had someone talk for like ten or fifteen minutes, and everybody went around the room. You know, and the meeting was all based upon what that person had to share. And I really liked that meeting. I thought, well, that's really cool, you know. And I thought, you know, that's if I were to do something maybe in Kansas City to do something like that someday. And they don't didn't read from any book or anything. Yeah, I mean, that's what really – when I went to the first Beyond Belief meeting in Toronto, I mean, the experience just really blew me away because somebody put out the topic, you know, can you take responsibility for your own recovery? Mm-hmm. You know, can you say that, you know – I recovered based on my own resources kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, that just blew me away. And then Roger C. shared and he said, what what you have to understand is like this program was created by these people who thought like God is everything and people are nothing. Right. right. (laughs) And then I I was like, wow. (laughs) It's like, it's like, you know, being in an alternative world yeah you know, it's it's very powerful like when could you know if you can go to a meeting with there there's like 40 you know 30 or 40 people wow and they're all non-believers mm-hmm. of varying stripes we had there's one person there who was, would say she's a believer and then she said but she thought believer aa was bad right <laughs> funny well no we have that actually in tokyo we have a we have a believer who comes to our meeting he uh-huh. says it's the best he says it's the best meeting. Yeah. No, we did too uh, for a little while. We had we had some some believers come, um, but one of them got got a little got a little ticked off and didn't come anymore uh, because there, we were going through a phase where we had some people come in who were upset with the traditional AA and and they were just going they were venting a lot and so mm-hmm. it scared some people away. I think. Um, yeah, we, we, we've, we've had that experience too, but I think now what people appreciated about it is that I think we're, because we're very non-judgmental because we don't have any, I think basically it's because we developed this way where we don't have a fixed idea of recovery other than not drinking. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> just, exactly. just, just, don't just something basic that you could, you know, <laughs> you can confirm. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing I don't like about it, you know, because, you know, what with the AA, because it was kind of good that I started with Big Book Thumper because he was like, you know, take action, do stuff. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh. And belief isn't action. No, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Belief is in any kind of action. And, and basically people giving you kudos for saying, you know, okay, I believe. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't really, because, you know, like, um, I had a sponsee, and then he was saying all this stuff to me about, like, oh, Chris, I became an atheist. Like, I don't really care, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, I'm not out to try to, you know, I'm to bring people around to right. uh, my viewpoint. Right. Uh, um, you know, I just, I, I just hope people recover. Though recently I had a really uh, heavy experience because I, uh, I 
did an I did a podcast interview for a secular mm-hmm. podcast called uh, Secular Sexuality. Okay. And um, the guy who runs it, Dr. Daryl Ray. Um, he totally blew me away because he said like. I can't believe you're like involved in AA because AA is horrible. Right. So it's like what? <laughs> it's like yeah. those guys—they're totally un- unredeemable. But I'm trying to do this AA that doesn't matter. It'll never work. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I-, I didn't realize there's that hostility. I don't know if that's—is uh, that—is that widespread? Because I'm I think in so. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, with secular community, which is you know yeah. that, that that kind of gives me pause because the religious community gives huge support to AA yeah. generally. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I, I've never really been involved with the atheist movement or atheist community overall, but I did one time, I went to um, an atheist convention I guess in um, Omaha, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of funny. We uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was there, and he gave a really wonderful talk and everything. And and afterwards, he was up 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 there, and you could go get his autograph. And anyway, so I was up there, I was all happy, hanging out with some people, waiting in line to to get Neil deGrasse Tyson's autograph and everything. And people were drinking cocktails, and they were just having a great old time. And for whatever reason, I decided to tell all these people that were sitting there drinking their cocktails, these atheist stuff at this atheist convention, that I was in AA. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, <laughs> and it was like, um, you know, it was like I ruined their little cocktail hour, I guess. I didn't mean to do that. And and then they looked at me like I, I may as well just told them I was a Southern Baptist or something. I was like so out of place. And they were just like, they couldn't believe it. I said, yeah, but it's agnostic AA and everything. And they, and yeah, they thought, no, AA is horrible. It's a religion. And they, they wouldn't even kind of open their mind to the idea that we were doing something different, that we were trying to have a secular support of each other within Alcoholics well, they, Anonymous, but they just couldn't get it. Yeah. Well, it kind of, it kind of became obvious because I had a couple of email exchange with them and they, they don't really understand. And I, I think this is quite typical because like if you, if you ever like watch a movie where there's AA in it, yeah. They impose this structure which doesn't exist, right? They have right. some exactly. guru guy. Exactly. That, that, that John, exactly. what do you, John, <laughs> what, how did that make you feel? You right. know, kind, kind of, uh, kind exactly. of thing which just doesn't because it doesn't make sense because we're so it's so lacking in organization. So right, right. they think there must be this huge top down thing, and uh, you know, I kind of try to say like we run our meeting. There's no God in it. Right. I mean, as I well, you know, as, as I always say, like, well, you could talk about God if you want, but don't expect anybody to applaud. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against people. You know, if you want to come in, if that's your thing. I mean, right. we've we've yeah. had we've had a few people. Uh, one person told me uh, uh, that I was going to drink. Oh, really? <laughs> I was in danger of drinking. <laughs> it was quite. It was quite. I don't think he quite got that we're like an atheist i thought right. he, he he was just thinking i'm just like a random atheist right. you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> he said he's in a room full of them yeah i don't think he he quite well the, actually the, well that was still in the day when we we're kind of struggling um yeah. okay and uh yeah i mean now that i mean that's the good thing is like you know we 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 it occasionally comes up and i've been able to see like you know everybody's uh you know of course they approach it in, 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 in different ways, but they're all, I would, that's why I, you know, use the term, uh, non-believer, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not basing it out. You know, and the other thing is like, I've been trying to, uh, one thing I've moved away from is I no longer talk about having a higher power. Cause for a while I was saying like my higher power is reality. 
Yeah. Which is good because you're not going to mess with reality. Right, you know? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, that's the kind of the thing is basically it's, it's a rigged game, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I just don't want to get involved in that because, you know, in the 12 and 12 where they say, well, you can start off with your group as a higher power. Right. Right. But that's not. But then you. But then you become God, and so then it. You know, it's it's the equivocation, right? Um, They're using it. You know, well, that the fact that you can get support from a group. There's nothing supernatural about it at all. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You know, that's just very. And that was the funny thing about this, like Doctor Daryl Ray. Is he's got like his own like uh, group. Which recovery from religion? Uh huh. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, but they do basically they do kind of an AA thing, because yeah. he he was very hostile. As soon as I well, if you're going to talk anything about AA, you're going to have to back it up with uh, statistics. Oh, great. Yeah. And if, and I go, well, I was thinking <laughs> we, like, we don't keep statistics. Do you, demand, <laughs> do you Matt? Do you demand the same thing about your group? Because <laughs> I I don't know. Because well, the other thing was I could figure out is with these secular people that are so hostile is that they don't, they can't separate out that AA is not the 12 steps. It's, exactly. it's, it is not actually a step program, although it's become to be defined that way. And I guess, you know, de facto, yeah, it is. Cause you know, most, most groups, if I shared, like I'm sharing, I would normally, well, now I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I do go to normal AA and mm-hmm. just, I just lay it on the line because, uh, uh, I kind of changed my opinion on that. Cause I used to be like, you know, cause it says in the big book, we avoid argument and retaliation. Yeah. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> but um, now kind of because like as I hear from other people is basically, you know, because there's so many people who may be. Well, I mean, I guess the first point is to say that we're here. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of. It's kind of like the homosexual community and what they went through, right. you know, because you hear a lot about that, in the, of course, in the secular movement. And I think that's important to say, like, uh, no, we actually exist. We're here. Because <laughs> I heard, I heard sh- one person share at a meeting. They said, well, yeah, these agnostics are atheists. They recover, but basically they're very sad people and they usually kill themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I used to have a sponsor used to tell me that. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, <laughs> I would say my, my recovery really took a more solid grounding after I went to Toronto and I became very active in um, in agnostic. Yeah. AA. Yeah. Because uh, um, I think, well, one, I became more forgiving of myself because, you know, this is another thing, I guess, a lot of people who become secular that, you know, because people, you know, and, and the religious people kind of ridicule us because they say, well, you don't believe in God. What more is there to talk about? Right. right. Among yourselves, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. what do you guys do? You just like all talk about like, well, there's. God, yeah, that's totally right, you know, <laughs> because, you know, a lot of my thinking, because uh, I was raised religiously, and so it, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to break away from it yeah. um, easily, but I think that was one uh, step. So, you know, I, I I think I became much more comfortable with myself and, you know, the the way I'm living and, mm-hmm. and my choices. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, I've had the uh, same experience. Yeah, and... Yeah, and also, um, yeah, I mean, and uh, and and I and I don't have any doubts. Yeah, what one thing I always found very strange about 
being in AA and I think something some something chemically changed in my mind or I don't mm-hmm. really know reason for it, but um, I almost never experience any anxiety. It's, nice. it's very, <laughs> it's very strange. I think, well, I'm not sure. Cause I think the main thing was, cause I had this fear of being an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is now I got a, it's like the most cockamamie fear. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a fear of like, I was going to go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the things that that I found really interesting was, um, uh, and I so you know sometimes I, I give this in my share, which to, in 2011, uh, March 11th in Japan, there's a massive earthquake, mm-hmm. which I was in, mm-hmm. and when it really got to quaking, yeah, <laughs> the thought came to me is like I could die right here and now, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I found it. It didn't really bother me, hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. of course, I don't want. Of course, I don't want to die. Right. But I think I was able to reflect on the main thing that I could figure out was because I stopped drinking and then I started to do the things that I, I wanted to do or I thought about doing. Uh-huh. And so, you know, because because I'm living my life in that way, I'm, I think I'm much more comfortable with with death. And then also, you know, because. because yeah, I, although I as I say, because I was raised religiously, but uh-huh. now I realize there's just going to be. I'm just going to stop. Not, I'm just not going to exist. Right. <laughs> it's not a comforting thought. No. But on the other hand, there's nothing really to worry about. You know. No. Isn't uh, it interesting though? Because I had the same thing. I um, although I wasn't, I wasn't raised religious. I still had that concept of hell, and then the and then the whole idea of thinking about my non-existence was really freaky. But with me, it was like I got really interested in science, and particularly with um, cosmos cosmology and um so i don't know i just kind of like being part of the universe and i know the universe is someday everything the suns are going to all the stars are going to burn out and it's just the way things are and i'm i'm just part of of nature and i can accept that so i'm okay with it actually so yeah so yeah it's 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 you know um yeah so i'm i and also um accompanying accompanying the uh uh my um Except it was it was kind of it was kind of it was kind of funny because uh, I I can kind of remember the moment that I finally went back to being an an, an atheist. Mm-hmm. I have to say when I was drinking I was not a very good atheist mm-hmm. in the sense right. that basically it was just all reaction. Yeah, you know it was like I reject this, but there yep. was nothing nothing. I didn't try to find anything positive. Right. Um. I was watching. I was. Watch on YouTube. I just finished watching Jonathan Miller's "The History of Disbelief," mm-hmm. and then I thought, "Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know," because I was kind of, you know, like tweaking it and mm-hmm. saying, "Well, yeah, I, okay, I God concept, mm, not likely, uh, but you know, there's there's something out there, or <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ultimate, you know, Paul Tillich, ultimate concern, or you know, whatever. Right. You know, try to fudge it, and then I just realized." Mm, no, no. <laughs> and yeah, and, and I didn't really come out it, with it in in uh, the AA meetings until a, a couple of years later. But I mean, that's also a positive experience because I, you know, I, I well, actually, I, I've been very surprised because a uh-huh. lot of people, a lot of people, are very accepting of it. 
Yeah. Or, yeah. And that kind of, that kind of surprised me. Um, I, boy, I had a hard time with it. I was like that too. I think it, I think I very, it was very slow coming out as an atheist at my home group. I went to that, that group for 25 years as the guy who quoted the big book all the time. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, they weren't real, they weren't real happy. They weren't, they weren't real accepting of me. They kept trying to, to get me, um, to start talking the way I used to talk. Um, and it was kind of sad, really. Um, but, yeah, uh, but but I never really openly said I'm an atheist. And what happened? I I I I left the group and started to help start this agnostic group. And I was I was gone for a year, and I never heard from a, a single person. So I went back, and I just wanted to let them know why, why I don't go to their meetings anymore. And I told them I just don't believe in God. I, I wasn't comfortable here. <laughs> with the way you guys were talking. And uh, so I started this agnostic group. Y'all can come over and see us sometime. Well, some people were pretty nice about it, but a lot of people started um, um, talking about how only God can save us. And um, sometime there's going to be a time and place when no human power can save us and all this kind of stuff. And then, well, when, we'll just see, we'll, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> yeah. And then they close with the Lord's prayer as I always do. And I was really nice. I stood up and I, I just stared straight ahead but one guy just stared at me like a really mean, menacing stare. And you know, like, I couldn't believe it, you know, but that, that was after 25 years of going to meetings at that group. And hmm. that's how they treated me because I didn't believe like they did. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah, so much for that. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't really, because the nice thing about being in Tokyo, because we're such a small group is usually every year we have a we have a main kind of speaker meeting on Sunday night and so usually every year if you're you know a sober person <laughs> then you would give your talk right mm -hmm. and i think i decided from last year i kind of came out mm -hmm. and i was just very open about it mm -hmm. you know because previously I, I would mostly only talk about my drinking story. I didn't really talk much about my recovery because I, I didn't feel comfortable because it didn't fit in mm -hmm. with what you're supposed to be doing, right? And um, yeah, so and I, I was very surprised that people were very um, accepting. Yeah. And then last time I got you know even more out, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so and so I don't really go to so many regular meetings anymore. But yeah, usually when I do, uh, I'm out and, um, you know, it, it's interesting. I can kind of see like also like I, I feel <laughs> like sometimes like I'm planting a seed because when, when uh, so when people get really disturbed, it doesn't bother me because I know that that's, that's the start of the process, right? Not, yeah. that, I'm, I, not that I'm trying to, uh, not that I'm, you know, trying to convert anybody, right. but, uh, um, yeah. Um, but it is good to get out there, just let people know that, yeah, you know, uh, you, you don't really don't have to believe in God. You can be sober and, you know, it's not a big deal. And there's a lot of new but, people that need to hear yeah. that, I think. Well, I just remember because there's from the AA ag agnostic site, mm -hmm. there's like a connection where all the agnostic and atheist meetings are listed. Yeah. I just remember like, uh, I think it was in 2000 and. 14 or 20, 2015 or early 2015. I can't quite remember, but I looked on it and there was like on AA Agnostica, there's like now we have over 200 meetings yeah. or yeah. something like that. It just, it just kind of blew me away. And I just mm -hmm. shared that at the group. I said like, you know, we're, you know, <laughs> 
we're not alone. No, you know? and now we have over 300. Yeah, yeah, it, it's quite amazing. I'm I'm really looking forward, you know, the next time I get to go to the U.S. And, and it's kind of funny, like, the other thing about, good thing about this meeting in Tokyo is, so locally, you know, we've only, we've only got a consistent membership of about five or ten people of various, you know, ranging from, there could be a higher power, but I really don't care, or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent or Buddhist or whatever. Right. <laughs> we always attract the Buddhists. They love yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, um, but we have we get lots of visitors, and, and for a lot of people, it's like their first exposure. Right. And, and in the past, it was often very negative, as I said. Like a lot of people would say, like, well, you know, I, I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what John thing. says in Paris, too. It's the same thing. He gets there. Visitors come in, and they don't know they're getting a free thinker meeting, and sometimes they don't like it. Yeah, some, but that's kind, of, that's kind of more unusual. I think, well, maybe also because we picked the name free thinker, which people don't really understand. But I think mm-hmm. now probably more people are understanding that we're, we're atheist or agnostic. Right. Um, and then, but, but I think also because I think you know, most, cause most people are coming from the United States and so society is uh, rapidly changing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people were like, we, I remember we had this one guy who came for like several meetings and he goes, I have to say, I didn't really know what you're talk what you guys were talking about, <laughs> but now I, now I, I get it. Uh-huh. And when I go to California, I'm going back to California and I'm going to go try to go to the to the you know the atheist or agnostic meetings there. Right, cool. So yeah, I feel I feel optimistic even despite this kind of. I didn't realize the degree of hostility within the 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 the, the secular community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can kind of understand it because they're sort of they're right to a, to an extent, but I don't think they don't quite understand how. I they don't. I, it'd be interesting to reach out to them a little bit, just to just to try to educate them a little bit more. We have a huge secular um, organization here in Kansas City that I have mm-hmm. often oh, yeah, thought. The Kansas City Free Thinkers. Well, the Kansas City. It's called um, Oasis, and it's kind of like a secular. Um, it's like a church for atheists, basically. They do. They have okay. a fellowship, and they they meet every Sunday, and they have like speakers and stuff. And I've often thought about reaching out to them just to educate them about the his, about 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 um, agnostic AA, and they're aware of us now because we had some of them come to our meeting. Some of them that were wanting to um, get some help with drinking, and they mm-hmm. they found out about our agnostic meetings, and they came to to some. But I don't yeah, we've, know. I'd like to. We've kinda... we've we've gotten a few people from like because uh, I'm involved in a skeptics group here in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And we've had a few people come from the skeptic, <laughs> from yeah. the skeptic, mm-hmm. from the from the from the skeptics uh, uh, group. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate that um, and like and, and they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, but there's just this image that basically it's it's a very kind of religious. Um, yeah, and a lot of the language that we use, even in our secular meetings, you know, you know, the words like if you hear the words higher power, powerless, unmanageable. Um, all just all kinds yeah. of language that we use that people think, and even even all all everything we do, even when we introduce ourselves as my name is so and so, I'm an alcoholic. Um, we have a lot of customs and habits, and you know that just kind of a little freaky to some to someone if they're if they're a free thinker or you know if they're so if they're weary about cult behavior or whatever. Well, I don't think we're right. a cult, but we act kind of kind of like one sometimes. Right. I mean, well, that's yeah. Those are kind of very 
you know, deeply, you know, fundamental things. But I, I think there, once again, there's an understanding because they, they think like if you're identifying yourself as an alcoholic, that you think of yourself then as a broken person. Right. I think that's I think that's their misunderstanding right. of it. Uh, for me, it, it's kind of more of an empowerment. I, I exactly. see it, you know. Like, yes, that's part of my my experience, but it's something that I, I, I built strength from. Yeah, I think that's what they kind of they kind of miss out on. Yep, I so. agree with that. Wow. Yeah, we, covered, we did cover a lot of, a lot of territory. This is going to yeah. be an interesting uh, interesting podcast, I think, for people to listen to. And I thank you very much, uh, Chris, thank, for thank for doing this. It was it was so nice to talk to you. And I'm going to mention to Joe and Roger that I talked to you. I didn't know that you got to meet them. That's so cool. Yes, yes. Roger's uh, actually going to be Roger's going to be in Kansas City um, August the sixth. Yeah, I, I don't I, I I don't know if he'll remember me, but yeah, I'm in regular I'm in regular contact with uh, Joe C. Cool. So okay. yeah, okay. Well, you All have right. a good rest of the night or whatever it is. You Kansas. too. Well, that's it for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. We'll be back again real soon with another interesting guest. And until then, you be well and take care.